An Irish bloodstock billionaire has been on the hunt for Tipperary farms. Lots of farms. His company has bought at least 170 farms in the county, covering land five times the size of Phoenix Park. He's been paying high prices and that keeps sellers happy, but not everyone is happy. Local farmers who want to expand, in fact who need to expand, well they want to buy land too, but they say they're being priced out. Their cause has been championed by local politicians, including independent TD, Matty McGrath. Where they have an egg grind industry, world-renowned, world-class, but they have to be reined in. They're buying every little, uh, little hamlet, every little perch. As far as the farmers are concerned, they regard it as not being a level playing field. Ronan McGreevy is an Irish Times reporter. It's a very, very precarious industry, and the bigger the farms you have, the less economically vulnerable you are. A lot of them are wondering whether or not they're ever going to reach the scale that they need to survive in the modern day. This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, resentment and despair in Tipperary, where finding land is a matter of survival for farmers. So, Ronan, this then is a story about land and money in rural Ireland. That's the stuff of any number of Irish dramas. And the main characters here are the ordinary people, if you like, people in County Tipperary, farmers, who say they're being starved off the land, uh, land that they need to buy to survive. On the other side is the Irish business magnate, billionaire, John Magnier, and his company, Coolmore Stud. Can you tell us a little bit about John Magnier? I mean, a lot of people will recognise the name because he's one of Ireland's wealthiest people, but he, he normally is not in the headlines. So can you can you tell us a bit about John Magnier? Well, John Magnier is one of Ireland's most famous businessmen. He is best known for Coolmore Stud, uh, which he acquired in the 1970s. He's married to Vincent O'Brien's daughter, Susan. Um, he has accumulated vast uh, amount of wealth, uh, over the last uh, five or six decades. He's uh, tax exiled in uh, Switzerland. Um, he made most of his money as a result of Coolmore Stud, but he also has huge tracts of land, not just in Ireland, but in the UK as well. He has tried to keep a low profile, but given his um, status as one of the uh, most important uh, horse breeders in the world, he has often come to public attention probably most famously in 2005 with in a dispute with the Manchester United ma- manager over a share in, in his horse, uh, the Rock of Gibraltar. But also, he's also branched out into uh, other areas, acquiring very prestigious paintings, most notably uh, the portrait of Omai uh, by Sir Joshua Reynolds, which was uh, the first painting of a person of colour by um, a significant British painter. Uh, He bought that uh, for £13 million sterling and sold it uh, to the British state basically for uh, £50 million sterling. So he's uh, not only uh, a very wealthy man, according to Sunday Independent, worth approximately £2.3 billion, but he's also a very savvy businessman. And Ronan, what this story is about is that He's now using some of that approximately 2.3 billion euro to buy land, lots of land, for his stud farm in County Tipperary. That's Coolmore Stud. And with those deep pockets, he is, according to local farmers, outbidding them for every bit of land that becomes available, to the extent that local farmers are astonished and despairing, as you write in your report. But first... 
Tell us about Coolmore Stud. Just how big a deal is it in the horse world? Coolmore Stud is one of the most famous studs, probably the most famous stud in the world. It has hundreds of the very top stallions. Probably the most famous one is Galileo. It has acquired a reputation internationally. It also has international operations in the United States, in the Middle East and in Australia. Originally, it benefited from very generous tax incentives that were brought in by government in 1969, in which uh, stud fees were not taxed. Now, that has changed since 2008, but it's certainly those tax advantages have certainly helped John Magner become a very wealthy man. So, at the heart of this is the fact that Coolmore Stud is expanding. It's in Feathered, County Tipperary, but it has expanded well beyond Feathered and it's spreading across South Tipperary with Magnier buying up, apparently, all the land it can get. How much land are we talking about? Well, from the figures we've seen, we're looking at at least 11,000 acres. Um, That constitutes 170 farms that... uh, Coolmore Stud have bought since 1969 but I think it's important to state that uh, in recent years there's been an acceleration in the number of estates that uh, they are buying um, that's in South Tipperary alone so we, we believe he has uh, holdings in Meath and Cork as well at, le- at the very least but um, when I say that there's 170 farms I mean that's a minimum figure so independent uh, uh, Tipperary based TD Matty McGrath um said under the Dáil privilege a few years ago that uh, Coolmore Stud had 28,000 acres in um, Tipperary, which, just to give you a sense of perspective, that's about 20% of all the land in County Louth. So huge. And I I noticed in your piece you talk about it amounting to at least 10,000 acres, more than five times the size of the Phoenix Park. So that helps those of us who, who would have difficulty imagining that amount of land kind of imagine what it is. And I suppose the obvious question, Ronan, is why? why? Why does Coolmore Stud need all this extra land? Well, I guess there are two reasons. The first one is that um, they have a vast bloodstock operation. Thoroughbred horses basically need a lot of land. They also need almost like a quarantine area around uh, a stud farm so that they're not... Um, privy to, you know, diseases from cross-contamination from other animals. But there's there's also simply the economies of scale. They're very, very big into tillage, wheat, winter barley, winter oats. And obviously there's economies of scale. The more land you have, if you have uh, one combine harvester, you can use it on multiple different farms. And that way, um, you know, you can build up a bit uh, economies of scale. Tillage is a very hard business to make money out of. But if you have sufficient acreage, um, you can make a, a sizable profit. That's really the rationale behind it. But it doesn't seem to be the rationale as to why they're paying above uh, the market rate for a lot of land. So we have a billionaire, owner of a major global stud farm in County Tipperary, buying up lots of land in South Tipperary, you know, so what? It's an open market. 
anyone who wants the land can uh, can go in and, and bid against them. Land is sold by public auction. It's sold private treaty. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and you see, you and you're right. Why why is this a big deal? I mean, it, it should be stressed from the outset that John Magner is doing nothing illegal, and and in fact, he is good for a lot of the farmers who are selling land in Tipperary. If he's willing to pay more than the market rate, or if he's willing to pay more than anybody else. You know, who wouldn't sell their land to him? I mean, if you're talking about, you know, if you have a farm of land that's been in your family for generations and it's worth a million euros and somebody offers you a million and John Magner comes in with a a bid higher than that, what are you going to say? I mean, it's a big dilemma for farmers down there. But on the other hand, if you want to buy land, and the, the thing is that farmers need to consolidate their holdings because of the nitrates directive and so on. You have to have more land for the cattle that you have. Can you just explain a little bit about the farming practices here? What is the nitrates directive and why is that an issue in here? Well, the nitrates directive is a particularly controversial piece of legislation. Basically, what uh, the European Commission has said is that um, a lot of rivers and streams in Ireland are being contaminated from um uh, fertilizers and uh, both artificial and uh, natural fertilizers that are running into uh, waterways, damaging fish populations and 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 leading to algal blooms, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So as a result of that, where previously uh, Irish farmers were allowed 137 cows per 50 acres, now they have to reduce it to 92 cows, and um, this is going to be a massive issue for farmers, for dairy farmers in particular, because what it means is basically they're going to have to acquire more land for the same amount of cows and this is causing consternation in rural Ireland because farmers are trying to buy land and they're trying and they're ending up outbidding each other out of desperation right so this is happening at a particularly sensitive time the accumulation of land uh, by Comor stud is happening at a particularly um, sensitive time for farmers when a lot of them are wondering whether or not they're ever going to reach the scale that they need to survive in the modern day. You also need more tillage land because uh, it's a very, very precarious industry and the bigger the farms you have, the more likely you are, the less economically vulnerable you are. Uh, so there's there's winners and losers here, but the big losers are farmers in South Tipperary who say they can't buy land because they keep getting outbid by John Magner. Now, Magner denies this. He specifically says that in um, uh, in many instances where there's a dispute over the land, Coolmore have stepped away from the sale. Um, again, that is a matter of dispute as to whether that really is the case. But certainly that is what uh, Magner has been saying, that they don't buy every farmland that's going. And if there is, if there are sensitivities related to the sale of a farmland, they step away. I'll continue my conversation with Ronan McGreevy after this short break. So in South Tipperary in particular, the farmers are angry. If they want to expand, they want to buy the farm next door, they find themselves outbid. How are they expressing this anger? I mean, I suppose one way they're doing it is they're contacting their local TD, Matthew McGrath at all. You, you mentioned his interventions. But I mean, in effect, is there anything they can do? That's the question. That is that is the nub of this question. Um, as I said, uh, John Magner is doing nothing illegal, but what he's doing is basically using, um, as far as the farmers are concerned, um, tax advantages that he has accrued over the years, plus his 
tax exile status, it's it's they regarded it as not being a fair, uh, level playing field, and it's also you know say he as I said he's not doing anything illegal, but I guess. The morality of this is another story um, and there is a sort of unspoken kind of uh, compact between farmers, generally speaking, that they, they try to help each other out because they all know that they're all going to have to expand their holdings. They can buy a bit here, buy a bit there. A guy will step away from a bid if he knows that somebody else is interested and so on. And, you know, farmers in South Tipperary feel that they're uh, that the Magners the Coomore stud are basically uh, running a coach in force through those kind of informal arrangements. Now, the question is, what can be done about it? Matty McGrath has said that the only way to deal with that is to uh, impose a land tax on all farm holdings over 750 acres, which he says uh, very, very few farms in Ireland are more than 750 acres, certainly private farms anyway. And if a land tax like this would might have a deterrent impact on on the likes of Coolmore because it's not just Coolmore here, right? I mean, land is always going to be a premium product because, um, you know, whereas you might buy a business, a hotel, a factory, a, a tech company or whatever, you don't know whether that enterprise is going to be go- going in 10 years' time. But you know that in 100 years' time, land is still going to be valuable, and particularly the land which is here down in the Golden Vale. So, there are very many deep, deep sensitivities here, as you can imagine. I mean, you, you mentioned at the top of the program there about land, about land being in the psyche of people and the purchase of land. And, uh, you know, there's an element of the field in all of this, to be honest with you, um, John B. Keynes. But the bottom line is this, what can be done about it? Um, as I said, that Matty McGrath's proposal, which he says has been repeatedly rejected by the government, is for a land tax. One last thing I'd say about it is, is that It'd be it's extraordinarily difficult. It would be extraordinarily difficult to do anything else because the property rights in the constitution are such that um, you know that you can't you can't interfere with somebody's right to buy land if they're if they're if they if they've got the money for it. Have any other local politicians rode in on this? Yeah, I spoke to um, a Fianna Fáil TD, Jackie Cahill, who's also a farmer based in Tipperary, and he has uh, come up with the idea that perhaps the Land Commission could be reconstituted. The Land Commission was a, a very famous, uh, very important organisation in Ireland between the 1880s and I think right up to the 1970s where basically it redistributed land from the large estates, you know, the large Anglo-Irish estates, of which the Barn estate is, is one of the few that still remains. He was suggesting that the Land Commission could be set up. How that would work, I don't know. I suppose if if a farm of land came up, the Land Commission could say, I'm not selling it to Chinese investors, I'm not selling it to hedge funds, I'm not selling it to insurance funds, I'm not selling it to Coolmore. There's a couple of farmers down the road that could benefit from it. But again, I can imagine a lot of legal challenges to that. So... It's really, um, it's, it's, it's a very, very difficult situation that a lot of farmers in Tipperary are in at the moment. So the farmers are angry. Politicians have got involved. What has John Magnier said about this? Or I suppose really, really in reality is Coolmore representative? Well, I mean, he's he's been very robust in his defence of, of what he's done. First of all, he said he disputes the idea that um, that they have come in for farms that they've been outbidding farmers. They 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 claim that they they go for estates that are like the Barn Estate, which are beyond the reach of of you know the average the average farmer. Um, he says that they run a very almost a self sufficient business that they um, that they don't enjoy uh, uh, 
stud fees anymore that they pay their taxes just like everybody else the uh, the exemption for stud fees was banned and was um repealed in 2008 and they have to pay capital gains tax etc cetera, etc cetera. and um they say that they're 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 simply uh they also um are very good for the community they have they employ 200 uh, farm families um they say that uh, they've actually um unlike some uh, some people with very deep pockets who have bought land they actually farm it and they actually farm it better than it would be farmed otherwise and that they really do need these land before they because um they have low density high value blood stock and then of course on top of that they needed associated farm water facilities, other livestock, biodiversity and ecosystem requirements. They also have, um, you know, when I talked about economies of scales, they have uh, factories on site, they have machinery, um, buildings on site, etc. So the more land they have, when you're, if you already have a, um, facilities for milling grain uh, or, or a, 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 an abattoir, it just makes sense to buy more land because you already have the facilities to to, to process these, these foodstuffs. This whole saga, Ronan, it, it seems to tap into a larger question about what sort of countryside do we want? What sort of rural economy do we want to have? Or, or what can we have? Um, if farms need to get bigger and bigger to survive, like Ireland's countryside will change. And you know, maybe this is a new reality of a billionaire businessman buying up farms, you know. So maybe we just simply haven't thought through what the future of farming is going to look like. Well, that's that's the whole point, I guess. I mean, when you think about um, the pressure that's being put on farmers to change as a result of climate change, um, yes, there's going to be consolidation of farms. Ireland's really unique, as far as I'm aware, in the world and having this sort of patchwork of smaller farmers if you go to England if you go to Scotland or Wales I mean there are thousands there are farms of thousands and thousands of acres in Ireland it's much more fragmented than that which is a product of our history like everything else Um, you know you have the um, the quiet revolution, as I call it, that happened between 1870 and, and 1922 when the land of Ireland was transferred from these big Anglo-Irish um, uh, uh, landholders to, to the common man, so to speak. So you have a lot of small farms in Ireland, but the viability of them has always been an issue. And I guess consolidation is the way forward. Um, you know, farmers are always going to be looking to buy, expand their holdings and buy more land. The question is... Um, what do you is 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 are we going to be looking at a scenario where people like John Magner and you know Chinese uh, investors uh, vulture funds etc cetera, etc cetera, are the only ones that are able to buy land and is there anything we can do about it now there are apparently uh, some um, uh, situations in the likes of Italy whereby the government can step in to um, stop land being sold to somebody who is trying to uh, monopolise land in a certain location. I don't know whether or not um, this will happen in Ireland. Um, Again, like the issue is so fraught with difficulties, particularly with the constitutional rights for property, that I don't know whether or not this is the way forward. But but farmers in South Tipperary certainly hope it isn't the way forward. Ronan, One reason all this is in the news now is because of a dispute over a piece of land, an estate, involving John Magner, and that's in the courts. In a nutshell, the case centres around the sale of an estate. Maurice Regan, 
another fantastically wealthy man, an entrepreneur born in London to Irish parents. He's now bought Barn Estate. That's a large Tipperary estate. But Magner says the owner had already agreed to sell it to him. And so he's suing the owner. As that's in the court, there are various documents that we wouldn't otherwise see. So are we learning anything about Coolmore's operation from this case? Well, it's a, it's a fascinating uh, case. This is uh, the Barn Estate, which is 750 acres of prime development land in the Golden Vale, owned by the Thompson Moore family, going back basically to Cromwellian times. It is... Uh, it's perfect for growing winter wheat and barley, rapeseed oil, winter beans. There's also a fabulous uh, three-storey, 12-bedroom mansion house, uh, which looks like a French chateau uh, transplanted to the Irish countryside with a lovely manicured lane and uh, and a... And a uh, a lake in front, and it's all it's bounded by stone walls. The entire estate. So um, a farm like this does not come up very often. F- um, it's it's really prime territory, uh, prime, prime prime farmland. So it was put on uh, the market in um, July this year, and uh, according to uh, John Magner's farm manager Joe Holohan in the affidavit, he said that there was an agreement signed at Coolmore House on the 22nd of August this year between John Magner and Richard Thompson Moore. Now, it's Mr. Magner's contention that he paid a €250,000 deposit for the land, lodged the full amount with his solicitors and paid for a tillage licence to plough the land on the basis that he had a binding agreement to purchase So he was quite happy. He he said, I I thought he had a sale. Now, you, you, you spoke about a gentleman's agreement. It's more than that. This is what John Magner is claiming, that this amounted to a sale. And this is what the matter is before the commercial court. So what's the problem? The problem is that uh, um, Richard Thompson Moore says that it was not a sale, that uh, there was an exclusivity agreement, um, that there would be a sale uh, that would last a month, that there would be a sale. But that uh, that agreement lapsed after a month and it did not amount to a sale because there was no contract document signed, right? Morris Regan... Uh, enters the sort of fray. Um, Morris Regan has claimed that he signalled his interest in the land when he walked it in early July when it first came on the market and he was told that he would be kept up to date uh, about it. And he says the first he heard about it was when, um, uh, after the sale agreement of the 22nd of August. And he has subsequently, because the Thompson Moors no longer believe they have a sale, um, he has uh, bid over twenty million for the property, and he has claims himself had that bid accepted. Contracts have been exchanged, so he's now the owner of the land, pending, of course, the outcome of the court case. So, um, if the court case goes in the Thompson Moors' favour, uh, Morris Regan will be the owner of the land. If it doesn't, um, then. John Magna will be the owner of the land. So um, uh, it's back in court on the 18th of December. So I think there's going to be a huge amount of interest in this case now. So December 18th is the next date to watch in this saga. Thanks very much, Ronan. That's it for today. For more news and analysis, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by Declan Conlon. In the news, we'll be back tomorrow.